Hey everyone, Phil Spencer from Xbox. And yes, it's finally happened. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kind of Funny Xcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your weekly podcast all about Xbox here at Kind of Funny. A big thank you to Phil Spencer at the top of the show for introducing, of course, the Kind of Funny X-Cast and showing some Xbox love. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by my two incredible co-hosts, Gary Witta and Alana Pierce. Guys, how are you doing this week? Good. I'm not hearing Alana. Oh, there she is. There oh, she is. Can you not hear me? For the first few seconds, didn't hear you. Internet problems, man. It happens. It happens. <laughs> um, but no, having a good week. You know, uh, we got that Fable announcement, and I was worried towards the end of the show that we wouldn't get it. Like, I was getting nervous because so, I knew the game was in development, right? But I was like, but I want to see it. And then the Playground Games logo popped up, and I literally went, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes, we had a whole lot of fun with that Xbox game showcase. And of course, that will be our main topic of discussion this week. But, you know, since the audience is still getting to know us and since we're having some fun together, I thought we'd do one more quick icebreaker to start off the show. This one coming from a best friend as well, Michael Knight. And he has three quick questions for us to answer. He says, hello, XCast hosts. I'm wondering if each of you could take a moment to summarize your history with Xbox. One, have you been in the Xbox ecosystem since the original Xbox? Two, favorite franchises. And three, favorite moments, that kind of stuff. So I thought it was a fun one just for us to get to know each other and the audience to get to know us. So I'll kick it off. Michael, thank you for the question. I have been in the Xbox ecosystem since the original, but I like to say the 360 because that's when I can really remember having the hardware, playing all the games. So I usually say the 360, but I'll never forget the cool rip away cords on the original Xbox. I used to leave all the dongles in and just Plug them in at the uh, tearaway parts. I loved that. I about that until you yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Those were a good idea. Why'd that go yeah. away? Well, I guess we don't need cables anymore. But for as long as we had cables, that was a good thing to have. Yeah, I was one of those guys. And then my favorite franchises, actually, you know, of course, Halo, Fusion Frenzy, Gears are the big ones. But I want to spotlight ones that really are near and dear to my heart. So I brought up Amped Snowboarding. I absolutely loved and adored Amped and the fun snowboarding aspect they brought. And... A really odd one that I don't know if many people will remember, but Lynx, the golf game in the franchise that they used to have. Oh, sure. That was yeah. one of my first foyers into golf as a young kid. So really some great franchises there. And my favorite moment, I'll never forget. It's plain and simple. Sitting outside of Circuit City with my mom on a cold November night, waiting for 24 hours straight to get my first ever Xbox 360. And no, that moment I'll never forget with my mom. It was so much fun. So weird. So, you know so new to me being that young and sitting outside of circuit city just for a console launch i'll never forget that so mom i love you and thanks for staying in the cold with me that's sweet the real mvp hey mike if i <laughs> as i recall correctly if i recall correctly lynx was a big deal at the time because it was the first golf game multiplayer that actually let everyone kind of take their shots simultaneously like you didn't have to wait for your turn and that at the time was like a big deal from what i remember gonna be gary that's true there's going to be a ton of comments now telling me that I'm wrong, but that, that's how I remember it. <laughs> All right, one of you two, take away with the icebreaker if you'd like. Okay. I have had an Xbox uh, 
since the original Xbox. Pretty much day one, we actually got the first one. It was a deal in Australia when my stepdad got a new phone that they were like, in two weeks, you will then get this brand new uh, Microsoft console. So it was like this bundle package was how we got an Xbox for the first time. But it was like pretty close to launch, pretty sweet deal, frankly. Got this new mobile phone and I had an Xbox since then. So yeah, it's always been something I've played really frequently. Um, played a lot of Brute Force, <laughs> I feel like. Like that that's a game that I remember way fondly, uh, way fondlier than most people, if fondlier is a word. Um, my favorite franchise is easy. It's like, you know, Halo Gears. Uh, I adore Fable. Uh, I really love Dead Rising. Uh, always have really enjoyed Dead Rising. Feel like it's underrated. Uh, I think we spoke about it last week, but also loved Project Gotham Racing for a really long time. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there are, there are tons of, of good ones. Fusion Frenzy is a good shout, too. Uh, my favorite moment is actually kind of a similar one uh, to yours, Mike. I'm going to say the launch of Halo 3. Um, I mean, I've had so many good, fond memories with the Xbox just in general uh, my whole life. But the launch of Halo 3, like, I feel like something about that marketing cycle, it was just so much hype for that game. And I went to one of those midnight launches. So, you know, like waiting outside the store. Uh, it was I was just so, 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 so excited to be a part of anything to do with that game coming out. Um, same thing, like waiting outside with a huge amount of people. Some people like dressed up as chief. Uh, that was like just I, the the pure excitement from that and then smashing through that campaign on legendary uh <laughs> just a very fun time that's awesome um i'm obviously i'm the oldest of the bunch here by far as you know i was i started reviewing games way back somewhere in the bronze age i think and the the, the xbox actually the very first xbox actually came in towards the end of my career as a games journalist before i started as a screenwriter um, and I was editor-in-chief of a magazine called Next Generation uh, when, the X, when the original Xbox first launched. And I think I mentioned this on the last show. I, was, I actually went up to Seattle, um, and I reviewed the original Halo Combat Evolved for the very first launch issue of official Xbox magazine. And that was the game that made me believe that the Xbox could be a real competitor, that first-person shooters on console could be viable. Um, and obviously now, you know, that game and that franchise, you know, occupies a really significant place in... Gaming history. Yeah, I've, I've had my Gamertag Witter since the OG uh, Xbox Live. Uh, you remember, remember when being in Xbox Live kind of felt like being in the middle of like a steampunk Borg cube? Like that, I, I still remember that, that chunky interface. It was really, really fun. Um, uh, yes, lo love my Xbox. Favorite gaming moment? I think, again, I mentioned it last week, uh, that six-hour Ge Gears of War horde mode that I played with the giant bomb guys where it came down to final wave, final boss, one man left standing. We were all dead. Brad Shoemaker, the only guy left, took down that boss and the whole team was just so happy about it. That was that was a classic, uh, classic memory. So yes, very, very fond memories uh, of the Xbox across all three of the generations that have existed, existed so far and very much looking forward to making many, many more fond memories with this new generation to come. I love that, you two. Thanks for participating in the fun icebreaker to kick off the show. And shout out to best friend Michael Knight for sending in that fun icebreaker. But let's jump into some quick housekeeping news before we get into a great show. Of course, the X-Cast posts each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash Games and podcast services around the globe. We're a brand new show, so we need your continued support. Y'all killed it last week with our debut episode, and we hope to continue that momentum 
for another five more weeks. So please subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny games, like the video and share it with your friends. We're also on podcast services. So please subscribe and leave reviews. Let's make this the most popular show on kind of funny. So we can go for six <laughs> more years. Alana, We'll one day get you to commit to that, but not now. You're the best. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at the <laughs> idea that, like, Kind of Funny's most popular show becomes an Xbox show, and Greg's just crying in a corner about trophies. <laughs> X-Gun, stick it to you, Greg Miller. That's what I like. <laughs> he wants that to happen. And also, the He's fight has begun. Switch, just like, damn you. <laughs> the fight has begun. That's right. Kind of Funny CEO Greg Miller has finally started his first ever playthrough of Halo Combat Evolved. And get this, y'all. He's playing on heroic. So make sure to tune wow. in next Thursday, July 30th to keep up with the keep up watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. And of course, you can catch the VODs later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. And now for our final big housekeeping news, I think everybody is going to share the excitement for this one. Next week, Major Nelson is having a kind of funny weekend. That's right. He's coming over Thursday. He's on We Have Cool Friends with Greg. Friday, he's co-hosting Kind of Funny Games Daily with Greg. And on Saturday, he's co-hosting the Kind of Funny X-Cast with us, all three of us right here. So make sure to get all your questions in for Major Nelson. Use that hashtag, hashtag KFX. Guys. Hey, Mike, do you want, do you want an exclusive? Tell me. I'm going to be um, a guest on Major Nelson's podcast coming up too. Yeah, another little bit of crossover content for you. <laughs> you are the coolest, Gary. <laughs> well, that is all the housekeeping and news I got for you. We have a big episode right now. We have a fun episode to share all of our excitement and hype and our insights from the Xbox Game Showcase that happened on Thursday, July 23rd. So let's check the dashboard. Of course, our big topic will be our reaction to the Xbox Game Showcase, what we liked, what we didn't like, and what we thought was missing is really going to be the questions of the day from this showcase. But I'll kick it off plain and simple. Give me a brief overview of what you thought from the Xbox Game Showcase. Gary, Alana, I'll let you guys go first since I've done all the talking. Alana, who wants to go first? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I don't have that much to say. Like, I wanted to see Halo gameplay, and I got that. And I wanted that Fable announcement, and I got that. Um, I feel like the biggest surprise to me was probably Avowed. Not that that should have been a surprise, obviously. Obsidian was going to be working on something, but I think that's the, the game that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on. Um, Forza looked absolutely incredible, always does. I still want to know what the hell Everwild actually is. Um, Looks just, pretty. Like, but what is the game, What is Gary? this game, Gary? What's the game? <laughs> Uh, I, 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 awesome. I actually don't mind it when they start, when they do a first teaser that's just like a mood piece. I think that's okay. Like, you can show the gameplay down the road. But this just is like the a, second a, piece, though, Gary. Oh, I mean, it is? Okay. I'm ready now. I was okay with Death Stranding giving me obscure short films for like <laughs> two years. So I can take some more weird stuff from Everwild too. But I am really curious about how it's going to play or what kind of game it's going to be. Um, the Crossfire X announcement is one that I think is very interesting. Uh, it seems like the single-player campaign is coming to Game Pass. The multiplayer, I mean, kind of already exists, but it's Remedy working on the single-player campaign, I believe. Um, I might. I, I think I wrote that down in our show notes, and we'll talk about that, because that is an interesting one that we'll touch on, Alana, on the wording on that. Super interesting, yeah. Um, my biggest takeaway from the whole thing, though, is the thing that I keep feeling like I'm insane because nobody is talking about it anywhere near as much as they should is that every single game on that showcase, including the third parties, is day one on Game Pass. That is a $15 a month subscription. That is absolutely insane. The games industry doesn't do that. 
And I am just like, it's driving me kind of nuts watching people not be like, hold up. I get every single one of those games for $15 a month. Like it's, how are we not freaking out? So I think like, that's a thing that, that just should absolutely be praised. It's such a good deal uh, for everyone, especially people who I always want to acknowledge can't necessarily afford to buy a whole bunch of $60 games a year. Um, Game Pass is going to get you three of those titles, every single Xbox first party studio title. And they have a lot of great studios on their, their team now, um, plus those third party games. So I think that that is absolutely awesome. Um, for my part, I think it was a tale of two showcases. Uh, the first part, um, I'm very much team Alana on this. I couldn't agree with her more. As you know, if you ever watch me on Kind of Funny Games Daily, I'm kind of a bore on this. I, I'll say, I'll, I've said it, this may be the hundredth time I've said it. Uh, Xbox Game Pass is not just the best deal in gaming, it's the best deal in entertainment. It's it's incredible what you get for $15. If I was washed up on a desert island with a giga, gigabit internet connection and $15 a month to spend, I wouldn't get Netflix. I wouldn't get Amazon. I, I would get Game Pass. It's the best deal out there. It's absolutely phenomenal. And Sony right now does not have an answer to it. And that's a big deal. And this touches on a broader issue that I think we've all talked about before, which is this next generation is not going to, that battle's not going to be won simply on who has what games. Again, 90% of the games are going to be the same. The Modern Warfare's, the Destiny's, you know, they're all going to, and there's a handful of games that make the difference on either side, but it's not that big a deal. It's going to come down to price. It's going to come down to services. It's going to come down to user experiences. Um, uh, quality of life, things like that. Like, what, what, what system do you enjoy having more? And that's not just about the games; it's about everything surrounding the games. And it is really about value as well. And Game Pass is the best value out there. I don't believe Sony does have anything even remotely as competitive as that. When you factor in not just the price of the machine, but then how much m money are you going to spend? You, I mean, you could never buy a game on it on this next generation. I'd be very happy. Just pay, just get the Game Pass subscription, and I there's going to be more than enough for you to play. I'm not going to buy another. <laughs> game ever again you never have to it's the truth i was like i'm not going to do that that feels so weird um to to have to not do that but then the fact that again this is like a multi-million dollar corporation who's not forcing me to do that and i think when we talk about you know what what the next generation is leading into i think a perspective that i i keep wanting to share to totally just jump off what you were saying um sorry to cut you off is that no not at all i feel like Xbox is what they're doing with PC, bringing all of their games to PC is something that I feel like I keep seeing people criticize them for, where this is actually a very good thing. It means that you don't have to buy the expensive hardware if you don't want it and you already have a PC. xCloud will take that a step further. When we have xCloud, you don't have to buy any of it. You can do it on a mobile phone. It's it's the fact that they are not, you know, people keep pe people keep saying, I don't feel the need to buy an Xbox Series X when these games are already on PC, so what's the point? The point is that that's good for you. That you don't right. have to buy a 500 <laughs> or, or whatever dollar thing uh, that they aren't focusing on console sales because they could just lock everything to console and make you have to show about that money. But if you already own a PC, which a lot of people do, you don't have to. This is a thing I feel positively about and I feel like we should all feel positively about and be happy about. You're right. I think I, no, it's, it's like, I, 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 I think that Game Pass is is incredible. I'd actually be fascinated to know how Microsoft even make the numbers add up on their end. Like the economics of it are fascinating to me, but somehow they've, they've, they've managed to do it. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Sony doesn't have a response right now. Um, Game Pass is this incredible offering. If Microsoft can now 
communicate that and market that to the mass market. Not just the hardcore gamers who already understand what Game Pass is, but everyone else out there that's like just casually in the market for a console. That if you go with the Xbox, you're 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 going to be on this gravy train of incredible value for the next five years. If they can communicate that and sell that and make that a key part of their offering, they they're going to change the game this next generation. That's that's I honestly think it's that big a deal. Game Pass. Yes, all day long. Alana's completely right. More people should be talking about how fundamentally um, incredible that is. The other side of the showcase, though, is I got to be like, you see the green lights behind me, Mike. I got the X. I, I'm wearing the colors yeah, right here. You know, I'm an, you, know, I'm an, you know, you know, you know, you know, I'm I'm psyched up. The games. I was underwhelmed, frankly, by the games. I was disappointed by the Halo Infinite gameplay. Um, I was I was watching that for and 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 I looked around like other blogs, other vloggers. Other you know people out there who are doing live streams and, and reactions and takeaways because I was like it can't just be me right and it's not just me there's a lot of people out there saying the same thing I looked at that Halo Infinite gameplay I'm like is this really what you're leading with because it don't look that great to me if this is on a Series X you could have fooled me this looks like an Xbox One like if this is what you're coming out of the gate with to say welcome to the next generation with our tentpole franchise I, I don't I, I don't think well, it, it wowed anybody. One second, Gary. Remember last week you talked about how PlayStation came out with Grand Theft Auto Five to kick off their conference. We just showed Halo. Let's just—I understand you. No, and that was a moment here. Well, and, and no, but you make a good point. That was, you know, Sony. Sony showed a great way to not open a conference. I think Microsoft this week also showed a great way to not open a conference by 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 having the very first look at your tentpole franchise on a next generation console ultimately be underwhelming find find me someone anywhere who tell who, who will honestly look you in the eye and tell you that looked fantastic because it didn't I, I agree that it does not look um next gen graphically what got me about it as a massive halo fan is that it looks like halo in a way that i felt like four and five never really did so they got me and i don't know if that's what they were trying to do but they got me as a halo fan in i've been less into Halo when I feel like the franchise changed. I don't go to Halo for hyper-realism. I'm not trying to find battlefields in my Halos. I was listening to the sound design for sure, which I actually thought was awesome. But mostly I was like, it looks more like Halo to me. And I've, I have even seen people disagree with that. But I got like Blood Gulch got vibes from it. Um, so I was, I guess, even like a little bit of silent cartographer vibes going on there. So the way that it looked was like, I agree. It It is a strange choice if you keep talking to me about how this is the best hardware on the market to not show off something that visually proves how good that hardware is, is it is a really odd thing to do. But I was sold on it regardless because I'm like, it looks like Halo. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. If, you're, if, if, you're, if you're a hardcore Halo fan, I agree. I mean, it looked to me like Halo Halo 1, which is maybe what they were looking at, not necessarily graphically, but like, yeah, this looks like back back to basics Halo, right? Like just let's give people, that you know, Halo 5, maybe people didn't like that we took a bit of a left turn. Let's bring it back to what they love. And it looks very, very familiar. For me, Overly familiar. That, that that to me could have been footage from any any number of a bunch of different Halo games that have come out in the past. Now a lot of hardcore Halo fans are going to be saying, "Well, but you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that." And for hard, and for hardcore Halo fans, there may have been a lot of things, little Easter eggs and things there that that were glimmers of something promising. But the market's not made up just of hardcore Halo fans. It's made up much more of, of more casual fans like me that they need to attract. And as someone who like likes Halo but isn't like automatically in for every new Halo game that they made that they make, I'm like, really? 
Like, and again, especially as Alana says, next generation hardware, Microsoft right now th apparently has the hardware edge over PlayStation 5, but that Halo Infinite footage did nothing to demonstrate that. I think what I, you're saying is fully fair about like this appeals to hardcore Halo fans, and I would consider myself to be a hardcore Halo fan except where 4 and 5 are concerned. I, I just I feel like that's a really good point, is that they actually should have been trying to appeal to everyone, not just me. It worked on me. And it oh, worked really? on people I know in the Halo community. But I think that... it worked. I think it worked for everybody, Alana, because when I looked at that, and yeah, I'm a hardcore Halo fan, but at the same time, like I love all games. And I went on last week saying I don't know if I would like the open world. For me, my imagination ran wild. The moment that he got out of that plane, he looked around, he rode up that elevator. The idea of me and my friends possibly in a campaign or a co-op campaign, driving around, exploring the whole world. This is the first time now that my imagination run wilds in a, in a halo world where instead of being limited to just the play space itself to be have an open sandbox in halo i think that's really fun and i think the mass audience will buy into that especially after destiny and division where you can run away i, well, I think halo fans will love this is right i, I agree. think everybody's gonna love this so if we're talking about gary's point as to like what does it do for people who don't care about halo like i don't know that open world sandbox is necessarily enough. If I'm purely talking from a marketing perspective, I'm yeah, look, the game. Hey, I'm excited about it. <laughs> but Halo, Halo's, Halo's the killer app. Halo's launching with the console. It is more, you know, it's, you know, in the same way that Nintendo has Mario, Sega has Sonic, Microsoft has Halo, Master Chief. That is their mascot. It is their most significant flagship property. They're launching with it and it's next generation hardware. So that's for me, that Halo Infinite footage, for the, seeing it for the first time, everyone's, you know, they've got a massive audience. People can't wait to see it. They're, and first impressions, it has to demonstrate that this is going to be the next great Halo game and it needed to demonstrate that the next generation is here. Like, like what you're looking at, what you're looking at, there's no way this could be running on, on, on current hardware because this is the next level. I don't think it achieved that. No, I agree with you. Despite, again, being super, super, super excited personally, it, it, it was exactly what I wanted to see. It really was. I was like, this is what I want. Thank you so much. But I, I do agree it does not show off the hardware, which like is worth noting. It is also going to be on Xbox One. Um, it is not only going to be on Xbox Series X. And ray tracing is not shipping with it, which I thought was a strange choice. Um, but uh, Mike, you saw it behind closed doors. Yep. So did I. Did you get any fun tidbits? Mine that I keep sharing is that they said that uh, brutes can throw grunts at you, which I love. <laughs> I think that's one of your best tweets I've ever read, Alana. It always so, makes so. me smile. I love that. <laughs> I actually, I think I got more enthused and excited about it going behind closed doors and having the team from Halo really speak on the vision, right? I think 343 is coming off of two Halos where maybe they were in the shadow of Bungie and now they're looking at it as like, Let's make this ours now. Let's take the time and make it what we want. And I think hearing it as a platform, a service, and see what it will open up to is really exciting to me. And I love the idea of what could be, right? That open sandbox with me and my friends, the grappling hook being shown, different upgrades that you're going to find, the adventures that we'll share together is always the big selling point for me for Halo, right? Like, I think a lot of Halo purists might come at me in the comments and say, it's always about the story and what Master Chief does. But at the same time, like, my Halo moments are the popcorn flick action movie, but me and my friends doing the weirdest, craziest things within these set piece moments, jumping on top of the scarab, driving off of an, a world that's collapsing all around us. These are the moments that we share and we enjoy. And for Halo to be like this right now and this sandbox attitude, I absolutely adore it. And so behind the closed doors, what they were saying got me really excited. And I, I love the idea. 
I think I think there's clearly a lot more to Halo Infinite than we saw uh, the other day. And I'm still hyped about it, just not on the basis of anything I saw yesterday. I think that, you know, the, the, the game is so much more than its first impression. I'm just saying, as a first impression, that was poor. That's that, just my opinion. I was yeah. super into it, but again, I fully, I fully understand, like one thousand yeah, percent understand your point, and, and totally have to give credit to that. Um, I was not uh, into the idea of it being a sandbox originally; that felt very strange to me. But you are right, Mike. That for me, I have played every Halo campaign co-op. Halo is a co-op game to me, so it, um, it is still four-player co-op. There is still split-screen. Um, when in, we're coming to story, they say it's like one of the most personal stories they've ever written. It is a spiritual reboot they're calling it though it is still technically a sequel to five so they aren't starting over it is a sequel yep. um but it is very much supposed to be a love letter to the original halo which i feel like puts 343 in an interesting position and in that you say they're not bungee but then they're still trying to replicate halo one like i feel like that's a lot of a lot of pressure for them to try to live up to um but the way that the open world seems to me and i know this seems like a bizarre comparison but i'm using it because it's really uh new and i i feel like it's just an easy picture to paint. Um, the way the open world works in Ghost of Tsushima is you have gold missions, which are your main story missions that you can do in different orders. And then you have your silver missions and you have your tails, which like are just all on this one map and you can just jump between them. You don't have to do it in a certain order. I feel like the map is going to be a lot like that. Um, it is, you still have your main campaign and your main story missions uh, with a real focus on that pilot character who is the, the literal pilot that we saw in the trailer. Uh, who's supposed to kind of be like the human side of you. I imagine he's this game's Cortana. Uh, but they said that they've they put a lot of work into that character and making him, you know, the the person that the chief can bounce off when the chief is very much not a human character <laughs> anymore. Um, so that's that's a really strong focus. And you could go through, you know, those gold missions and get the story. And, and there is still a ton of effort put into that. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, shoehorned in. Um, but you can also just mess around in the open world and have fun with any side quests or just stumble across events or whatever. So I'm I'm more okay with it now that I know that it is sort of going to be an open world that still has a lot of main story missions uh, that I can drive myself towards. And, and sort of now that I can picture it after seeing the map, I was like, okay, I think that this actually can work. Very glad to hear there's still split screen support. I was worried about that. Um, yeah, four player co-op, you never play as the pilot, you're the chief the whole time. I did ask if you can go to different uh, planets and or worlds and they said they weren't giving everything away which to me means yes so that's also exciting <laughs> so it might just be more than more than that one area um but yeah it was also uh and i i actually don't feel like this is a, as much of an excuse as a lot of the xbox community may be trying to use it as but it was also an old build um and they were pretty open about that uh, i mean that, that 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 that's a relevant fact but like and you know that's that. I guess that's a legitimate excuse. But like, if what you've got don't look that great, don't show it yet. Wait. Like, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Here's what I might have done if I had been someone of import at Xbox. I would have looked at that footage and said, you know what? Let's wait. It's not ready to come out of the oven yet. People are going to be underwhelmed by this, and they were. A lot of people out there are not happy about this footage. I would have said, you know what? Let's do everything else but Halo. And we're going to say, we've shown you everything, but Halo, because that's the big one, that's going to get its own event a little bit closer to release when we're, you know, because we want to save it and make it its own thing. And that, maybe that would have given them a bit more time to cook it a little bit more. I see this argument all the time, like when movie trailers come out, oh, the visual effects look bad. Well, they're not finished. Well, then don't show them yet. If they're not ready to show, don't show them. 
And I feel like they, I feel like that's a little bit of an issue they had with Halo Infinite. I'm sure it's going to look a lot better when it releases, but they they haven't helped themselves by releasing something that isn't doesn't look as good as it's going to. Yeah, it'll be interesting really to see where they grow. Which is how they got me. That's why, yeah. I, I, like, it almost maybe helped me that I still sometimes play Master Chief Collection with the old graphics intentionally <laughs> because I like it. Well, then you're going to love this. You got me. <laughs> Here's some more fun stuff that I learned from the behind closed doors. Uh, one that I really like, like you said, Alana, right? This is going to wrap up the Forerunner saga that we've gone through for four and five, which I like seeing that bow tied on top of this, but also building towards the future. I love that idea, especially with this platform service whatever you want to call it whatever this halo infinite's going to be we know there's not going to be a another one after this they're going to build off of this so that's exciting they did oh, yeah. they but did talk about they said. yeah we'll find out i think they it's going to be more like forza than destiny is what i'm going to say i think it's more okay. going to be like forza where there are or even anthem uh which i know is like a scary buzzword for people but there are going to be like timed events in in the world um, oh yeah yeah I, f- I feel like forza horizon is is the closest tie to what I imagine this is going to be as a service, they're absolutely going to make more Halo within the next 10 years. Come on. Come on. Uh, another one they brought up w- said they will not not have rec packs or loot boxes. And so a big one for me, I know we touched on it last week, right? For me in the war zone, I didn't really like the war- the rec packs because they were only pertained to the war zone and limited character customizations. In all honesty, when you played the multiplayer, none of those war zone packs carried over into the multiplayer suite. So to hear that the rec packs are going out the window is great. I love, you know, no loot boxes. We'll see what they do with all the awesome gear, how you unlock that. We'll be exciting to find out. But one thing I did love from the rec packs is I think it showed you the different tiers of weapons and vehicles that could be one day shown in a battle royale. And once we saw that map, Gary Witta, if that didn't scream to you, let's drop in this giant world with Halo for a battle royale, I don't know what will. Because oh sure! So did did it look like Halo? Yes, box checked, a hundred percent. There was no no question of that. And again, it, it gave me like not in a bad way. It gave me flashback vibes all the way to Halo One. And I think they that was a good choice. Like again, let's take people people back to the beginning of the franchise. Like the opening of that footage felt almost very much like the opening of the very first Halo game. And I think that perhaps was what they were going for. Back to basics. Back to the beginning. Let's get some nostalgia going. You know, maybe they kind of do a little bit like trying to do a bit of Force Awakens here. Where it's like it's new, but it's also really just kind of a remix of the original movie. They might be, you know, I think they're trying to, you know, kind of pluck the nostalgia uh, a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I think the new generation, uh, you know, let's let this, this could be like a warm, cozy blanket for Halo fans. And there's nothing wrong with that. My issue is just more to do with the technical side of it. It did not look like a next generation game. And that was a problem for me for the first look at, you know, real, a real flagship Series X game running. That did not create a great first impression. Also, to wrap it up, I really love that the Brutes are back. Excited for the Banished storyline. I think that's going to be really cool. They encouraged us not to worry about reading all the comics, reading the books, or doing anything regarding Halo Wars 2. Like, they're going to give you a fun story, and you're going to learn about the Banished together. And especially the Brutes coming back are big for me. After coming off of 4 and 5, where I felt like we were fighting... I always forget their names, but that enemy type, Alana, maybe you can help me. The robot enemy type would just big orange boys. Yeah, I just, love I love the Covenant, man. I can't, uh, I can't, I can't keep back. track of all the proper nouns in the mythology. <laughs> There's so many names to remember. I, I get lost as well. And that thing is so cool. Like it's so cool to read because it's like all this stuff about 
like different enemies in the covenant, like the way that hunters actually function and what they actually are versus what they look like. That stuff's all so cool. But yeah, there's plenty of like, I play too many video games. I don't, I don't remember anything anymore. I'm like, <laughs> really excited. And then the final one, of course, players will have the tools to use inside the sandbox. But like Alana said, where the brute was throwing the grunt at you, the AIs are capable of using the sandbox just like you are. So be very exciting to see the different styles of play that the players bring and the AIs, how they react to you. I think all of our games will be so different, right? Because I know me and my crew love to do insane, crazy things. Maybe other teams like to do it, like the E3 demo where you go comms hot and everybody's talking like they're in the military. It'll be really exciting to see what the AI does to bounce back after me and my friends doing weird stuff. I mean, I think, look, when the game comes out, I think we've got to get a fourth and we've all got to roll together, right? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Got I love filled. that. There, there we go. Uh, Lana, do you have anything more with Halo? Gary, anything more with Halo? I, I think we should take a quick look at my Halo notes, but I think that's most of it. Like, I, I, I feel like I really do understand all the perspectives here. There's, like, some fancy, like, terminology stuff, like the size and scale of the map. It's the most... Uh, sorry, it's several times larger than the last two campaigns, campaigns combined. Um, and 60 frames a second, 4K resolution, more than 10 times the processing power per pixel that they were able to do in Halo 5. So fancy buzzwords for you. But I think I think we covered pretty much most of it. I still have questions. I still don't fully understand how the gameplay, well, I guess the campaign is going to function. Um, but yeah, again, as a Halo fan, I do feel like they marketed to my nostalgia and it was successful. <laughs> I love it. Well, just some quick notes for us as we jump into the things that we like. Of course, Phil Spencer kicked off the show saying that they were going to show nine of the 15 Xbox game studios unveiling five new first party games. Plus, as Alana said, everything shown would be playable through Xbox Game Pass or free to play. So a really special one there as you knew that you were going to be able to play all of these games shown through that Game Pass subscription and also free to play. And then Matt Booty was in the middle or the end. He said, we just showed you 10 world premieres and 22 console launch exclusives with more to share later this year. So really exciting stuff, especially with six studios not in the mix. Awesome stuff to talk about. But one I think, of course, I think everyone's on your mind is seeing Obsidian come out with the big three, right? And I, I call it the big two in my mind because Grounded for me isn't the biggest game, but seeing that awesome... Grounded. Outer Worlds DLC and seeing Avowed or Avowed is really special. Avowed. I think Avowed. Avowed yeah. yeah, Avowed. Uh, an epic first-person RPG set in the fantasy world of Eor. It's in the, the Pillars of Eternity universe, right? I believe that's what people were saying. Every every exactly. uh, every console needs its like super nerdy hardcore RPG, and it looks like that might be the one this time around. That'll be the serious yeah. one to Fable's silly one, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah, I think yeah, that one's that actually, basic covered. Yeah, I think I think that one's actually really, really exciting and that we should be paying a lot of attention to that. Uh that obsidian exclusive is is something it just no one quite does it the way yeah. obsidian does it. Uh, I like the kind of Doctor Strange type kind of magic conjuring system that they seem oh, to yeah. have. Did you see that where he was kind of like the little sigils in his hand Very and stuff? Cool. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. super on board. Um, really excited about Grounded. Absolutely going to play that next week, but that's because I love a survival game. Uh, Did you spot the Battletoad in the trailer? Battletoad was there. Uh, the Cyberpunk shout-out was really, was really cute. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm really into it, and I, I think Obsidian's just such a good get for... Uh, I've had uh, Grounded on Game Pass right now. I've had it pre-installed for a while, waiting for it to unlock. I'm looking forward to playing it. Yeah, it's a perfect Game Pass game for sure, especially for someone like me who's like, ah, I could skip that. Like hearing your right. friends get excited, hearing Alana get excited, it's like, 
man oh man with Game Pass. Like I'll just download that and we could try it for a week. And if I don't like it, whatever. If I love and it, like we're gonna play and, it. And again, going back to Alana's point about how important Games Pass is, that's the thing. It totally changes your experience of of playing games. Like it's not just that it works out cheaper because you're buying fewer games. It's that so many games that you might otherwise pass because you don't want to take the risk on even like, you know, a $10, $20 investment. You'll give it a try because it's free. Like what do you got to lose? You uninstall it if you don't like it. And so you'll end up experiencing and trying just a much wider variety of games. And I think that's really important. It was literally yeah. just before we recorded talking to Phil about this. Um, and he said, and I'm not going to like, you know, spout off this conversation because it wasn't a publicized conversation, but he was basically saying stuff along the lines of that they have seen that Game Pass is encouraging people to try and play games that they otherwise abs absolutely wouldn't, um, which means that you are, studios are encouraged to make more creative games and people are getting a broader breadth of gaming experiences just by the way that that service functions, which I think is is really cool. And look, I would have played Grounded regardless. Again, I love a survival game. I love playing those with my friends, working at Funhouse immediately. Like we're going to play that and it's going to be super fun. Like I'm, I'm playing seven days to die every Sunday with friends right now. Like I'll play a survival game forever, but that one, especially cause it looks so cute and silly and fun. Like I'm just very, very, very on board. And yeah, it'll probably have a pretty, pretty solid community because of, because of game pass. But do you know, but do you know, do you know what I mean? There's so many games that you look at when you're scrolling through the store and demos went away, right? Demos used to be great for this, but we don't have them anymore. So there's yeah. so many games now that I look at and go, eh, maybe, but like, I don't, I don't want to take the risk of buying it because whatever, I don't like it. Game Pass, jump in. And you're, you're going to discover so many new games that you otherwise would have missed out on because you didn't want to take that risk because Game Pass removes the risk and it's a huge, huge deal. Totally. Played yeah. Game Pass. Absolutely rules play those games is right i think obsidian really did a great job and i think they might have stole the show here especially because we knew grounded was next week uh there was the question mark that we talked about last week of will they show outer worlds dlc are they ready for that and also were they really ready to show this triple a rpg and i think they knocked it out the park showing all three of their game offerings and we know that outer worlds is getting two dlcs so that's really exciting and the dlc comes out september 9th the games on game pass like that is the obsidian to me i love that though, fun i think it might not be not the dlc just the game that's interesting to me yeah that i will have that conversation soon enough alana because i thought that was interesting as well but yeah. at least it is encouraging to see like hey they bought obsidian for a reason and here it is like you got the outer worlds and now you get avowed which is the big one for me personally i love fallout new vegas i liked outer worlds i wanted them to maybe shift towards staying in that you know, post-apocalyptic, futuristic world. But I do like seeing them go to the medieval times, you know, the Skyrim, the fable that we're going to see. I think this will be a ton of fun from Obsidian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't what know what else? it is, but like, I, I find myself as I get older, I want to kind of like do play nerdier games. I started playing, learning how to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm really into like the, the idea of Baldur's Gate 3. Like that's high on my list for a game I want Game I want to check it's out. Really good. Yeah, oh my God, I can't wait. And uh, and yeah, and and this one too. Like, I, I just want to do like more kind of good old fashioned hardcore, you know, sword and sorcery type stuff. Alana, Gary, were there any other games? Because for me, I didn't really get to say how much I enjoyed it, right? I enjoyed this conference and I think Xbox showed a wide range of games, which really did a lot for me, right? Especially when we talk about Game Pass. For me as a normal guy who works the nine to five job and has to pay for almost every game I've ever gotten, right? For me to see these wide range of titles, there was ones I loved, ones I liked, ones I didn't like. But I think with Game Pass, it's like, okay, now I'm encouraged to check out a game just like um, 
you know, tell me why or check out a game as a dusk falls. I think those are really exciting indie games that maybe I never would check out. You know, those are exciting to me. Yeah, my um, tell me why looked really interesting. My wife and I both loved uh, Life is Strange, so I'm sure we're gonna. I love these kind of like grounded, angsty, you know, dramas. I think are really cool. Um, tell me why looks really good. I forget the name of the other one, but like I was kind of in two minds about it because the story looked good, but I just wasn't super excited about that kind of quasi. It's animated, but Dust it's not. Bowl, I think you're yeah, talking. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm not into that, but I did. Yeah, that that aesthetic did not appeal to me. But I'm a unique. sucker for a good story game. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing else out there like it. Um, Interior Night, I think, is the name of the studio. Yeah, it's a new yes. indie studio headed up by some somebody from. Oh man, I forget the people who made Detroit Human, Alana. What what company? Oh is that? yeah, um, Quantic, Quantic Dream. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I mean, it seems in line with that. It makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I'm not into that. I'm also, uh, funnily enough, not into Life is Strange. Uh, the Tell Me Why style uh, of game. I I I really like to remember me. Funnily enough, is probably my favorite Dunhard game. Um, so like when we're talking about the conference more broadly, I wanted to see Halo gameplay and I wanted it to look like Combat Evolved. It did and I was happy. I wanted the Fable reveal and I got it and so I was happy. If we're talking more broadly, um, Avowed is the game that made me go like, oh, okay. Uh, the rest of these titles, I'm like, yeah, cool, but not blown away by by a tremendous amount of it. Um, Everwild, very curious. I will play anything Rare makes. Uh, I love State of Decay. I yeah, that was a special one. Uh, even though that game unfortunately launched with a bunch of performance problems. I guess Ori did too, uh, but Will of the Wisps is still one of my game of the year. Uh, so I, I'm definitely excited about more State of Decay. Um, Psychonauts 2, you know, I, Double Fine. Again, I'll play virtually anything that they make, and it looks incredibly cool. It looks like that, one giant acid trip. That is the most Double Fine game Double Fine have ever made, right? <laughs> Just like Jack, Jack Black, like the acid trip from beginning to end. Like that's a Tim, like no one, no, thank God for Tim Schafer. Like, if Tim Schafer didn't exist, we would have to build him in a lab or something because, like, no one, <laughs> no, no one else is going to do what he does. And so, he I'm so glad cool. that they're making that game. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and that it that it isn't trying to not be Psychonauts. Like, I don't know why I was worried about that, but it's like the, it literally looks like a bright, colorful acid trip. And I feel like maybe there was part of me that was, for some reason, worried that it would try to be more serious. Because I mean, the first game does, funnily enough, have serious themes and i've spoken to about it before because it's like you go inside people's brains in psychonauts and you talk to them well or you discover some of their mental issues like that's not that much of a light-hearted theme and every but every time i've spoken to tim about that like i, I did pry one time i think i asked him like three times in a row i was like but you could get real serious with this he was like we just thought it was fun we just thought it was a fun way to do this we're gonna get crazy with the way that people process things differently and that's the game that we made and like all right give me more of it psychonauts my um my personal favorite, and I got to throw it out there, maybe a lot of people didn't think it was the sexiest thing at the conference, but for me it was Tetris Effect Connected. I got I to gotta have it. Uh, that was one of my favorite games of last year. Tetris is just baked into my DNA as one of my all-time favorite games. I've never been more starstruck in my life than when I met Alexei Pajitnov. I was just like so in awe to, to, to meet the man. Um, it was at E3 many, many years ago. And he's like this big jolly Santa. It's like, oh, Gary, this is Alexi. And I went, <gasps> and he was like, oh, oh, oh. And he shook my hand. I was like, oh, my God, this is the man who created Tetris. And like, it's still, like, I still have so many fond memories of my Game Boy cartridge, which is still, literally, it's fused into my original 1989 Game Boy that I have here. Uh, and I've played pretty, I, I, how many times have, you, have we bought Tetris over the years? I've got to be on like, Tetris Effect is going to be like the 25th time I've bought Tetris. And I'm happy every time. Tetris Effect is a beautiful, incredible, transcendent 
you know, way to express one of the greatest game designs of all time. The big strike against it was no multiplayer. And they've fixed that. So bring it on. I'm very excited about that. You got to yeah, love that, Gary. Yeah. I'll tell you also, another one that really... Oh, tell me, Alana. Sorry. <laughs> like, my brain's oh, just going... Uh, yeah. Crossfire campaign, it's Sam oh. like... I feel yeah, like when I do think about it, there are a lot of, of these games that I'm like, I will play it by default because of that studio. I will play any Remedy campaign. I will play any Rare campaign. Like, I'm like, I'm going to play it no matter what. So, great. Um, Stalker 2. I didn't, I didn't expect that. Uh, I was like, maybe this is Metro. I don't know what this I is. I thought it was Metro. Yeah, I thought it was Metro. Yeah, I had no idea what that game. was. But and then when no more magic, I was like, oh, this is probably Stalker. And that, that was a re reveal I did not expect, and I am on board. Yeah, and I don't want to seem reductive, but I think the fact that we didn't know what game it was is perhaps illustrative of the idea that a lot of games are becoming very samey in terms of their aesthetic and their tonal approach. Um, in fact, in the middle there, after it went from Stalker and I think went to Crossfire X, it was a period where I looked away briefly. And when I came back, I wasn't aware that I was now looking at a different game. A new trailer had started, but I thought I was still looking at the same game because okay. it, had, it had the exact same gray, you know, very evocatively lit, you know, moody, grim, um, you know, kind of Russian dystopia, you know, aesthetic that we've seen now in Tarkov. We've seen it in Metro again and again. We've seen it in the Stalker games. Crossfire is in, it has that same kind of palette as well, both tonally and aesthetically. I'm a little bit over it, um, but I'm sure the games will be great. I just, I, I wouldn't have put those two trailers back to back because they kind of almost fused into one another for me. You know, I think what he's thinking of, Alana, is Warhammer Dark Tide. Oh, maybe it was Warhammer. It might have, because for me, for Warhammer, that gave me like yeah. Star Wars, the Commando, you know, that when you used to be the Starship or the uh, just a Stormtrooper. But I love the idea of playing four player co op in that crazy Warhammer world. There's so many Warhammer titles and they've done a lot of weird things with it. Yeah. But I'm really excited to play four player co op in Warhammer, especially coming on Game Pass. Like, sign me up for that awesome co op experience. Another one I loved was the Medium. Right, we talked about the medium oh, that being shown at that third-party uh, event, and I think everybody caught their eye on that. But now seeing that with the dual-world rendering at the same time, and you can jump back and forth between these different worlds that might impact puzzles, might impact movement. Like this game, I think might have been one of the ones that steal the show as well. Blue I I wasn't that interested in that gameplay for whatever reason, but I really like their games. Uh, what gets me about this is from a technical perspective, that is extremely difficult. That is very hard to make. Uh, there's one level in Titanfall 2 that does it and is still really controlled. It looks like Ratchet and Clank, I think it was it, Crack in Time, is going to do basically yes. the same thing where they have two worlds simultaneously that in theory you can quickly jump between. So I'm very curious to see how quickly you actually can uh, in the medium, because even a crack in time, it looks like there's there's hidden loading um, from speaking to friends in development about it. So that tech uh, is is next gen. That is some that, next gen yeah. stuff. I thought that was really interesting. And that's a great example of how next generation technology can mean more than just flashier graphics and, you know, higher frame rates. Like the ability now, you've got enough horsepower to effectively render two games at the same time simultaneously and to be able to swap seamlessly between them. Like the mind boggles at the, you know, the gameplay 
um, uh, ramifications and possibilities that, that that opens up, being able to seamlessly switch back and forth. Um, you know, like, I, I, it's funny, I'm, I, I'm easily impressed. I, you know, just like the, remember when, uh, when uh, the remaster of Halo came out and you could switch the, the, the old graphics on and off again in real time? I was like, it's amazing. Like, this is the same gimmick, but like, but actually, but, but potentially with real, you know, beyond cosmetic ramifications, like I, I'm sure that they're gonna is gonna be that game. If they're going the direction that I think they are, is you're gonna it's gonna condition you to think about your environment and the world around you and how to how to approach puzzles and combat and things like that in a completely different way. And I think that's potentially really interesting. Yes. Yeah. And I'm a big baby, and I don't like scary games, but like I'm sold on this <laughs> one, so I'm excited to try this one out for sure. Uh, a lot of other ones out there that you can definitely hit on. Is anybody else? The gunk was an interesting one of, I brought it up last week. I was looking for that like kind of family friendly game or that Ratchet and Clank that catches your eye and everybody can love it. The gunk looked a little bit darker than Ratchet and Clank for sure. But like it gave me the vibe of like, could this be something that people get behind it? It, it definitely seems different and odd, but I like the animation style me like i feel like i've hit on all the ones that i was super excited about there wasn't anything that was there that i thought looked bad like uh, the, the i was like yep i'll play all of it and that's that's like part of the beauty of game pass is that we can do that and i feel like i want to ask you guys like okay if we all already have game pass subscriptions this conference is showing us a bunch of stuff we get to play basically for free for people who don't have game pass subscriptions do you think this is enough for them to pay 15 dollars a month because i feel like i keep seeing people say it's not and i'm like but it's so many games i would be I shocked mean, alana because i i would think gary you would have to be able to say yeah this is the selling point right here all of these games just shown one more time from matt booty 10 world premieres 22 console launch exclusives a giant library and they're going to put an x cloud here very soon with game pass ultimate i think it would be crazy for me to meet someone or have people tweet at me, tell me that they wouldn't buy Game Pass after seeing all of that and knowing everything else. I think if they're smart, I talked about like, you know, the, they, they've built the offering. It's tremendous. Game Pass is a tremendous value. Now they have to sell people on it. That's the next challenge. Um, I think if they're smart, and again, they, the numbers have to add up on their end, I would be as aggressive as possible in terms of how much free Game Pass I bundle in with that console, like at least three months. Because you, what you want to do is get people so in love with it and go like three months in, you're like, oh my God, like how can I ever go back to like, you know, buying games a la carte, 60, 70 bucks a time? Because don't forget, games are going to get more expensive this next generation. So it's even an even better value. Give people three months, six months, maybe even to like really get like baked into the Game Pass ecosystem where the idea of just going to PlayStation where the offering's not going to be as good, like that that's how you lock people into one platform is not just necessarily with slightly superior hardware, not with a handful of like exclusive games. Because again, 90% of the games are going to be the same and look largely the same. Where's the differentiator? It, the big one. It ain't the hardware. It ain't even the games. It's going to be something else. And maybe Game Pass is that is that thing. Yeah, and they showed a lot of different games too over this, you know, game, uh, Xbox game showcase that I think like really justifies Game Pass of it incorporates everything and anything in between. And there's a game for someone to love. There's a game for somebody to fall in love with and learn about. And so, yeah, Game Pass, I think, was on big display here. And definitely as you started at the top of the show, Alana, like, should be touted from the rooftops right now because we just saw a bunch of games and all of them are totally different and all of them come to Game Pass. So if you're not on the Game Pass hype, I don't, I don't know where you are right there now. There are a lot right. of people who are still on. Like I've seen a lot of people in the last 24 hours say, you know, uh, quality over quantity, all the games on Game Pass 
suck and i always want to be like red dead redemption 2 would like to have a word with you like that alone i'm like uh, well i mean it's like i mean it's like anything when there's a lot of stuff like a lot of the stuff on netflix is crap right but there's also a lot of great stuff um and i think that you know game pass has a a ton of great stuff i i want to talk to alana about fable i I gotta talk about let's let's talk about fable (laughs) <laughs> the, 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 if you said to me, okay, Gary, you've seen everything we have to offer. We will deliver a completely finished version of any one of these games onto your Xbox Series X right now. What do you want? Fable by a, by a million miles. Um, and I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know. Does like they could do. Different? No, I mean, and again, but it's the same thing, right? It's like Fable has a tone. It has a world that is familiar to fans of it in the same way that they delivered you know, kind of a a, a a security blanket for Halo fans with something that looked very, very familiar, like old school Halo. Fable, I think, even though they only showed a cinematic, was clearly meant to evoke that. Oh, I remember this, the great old days of Molyneux and Fable on the original Xbox. Well, we're back. Um, just it looks better than ever. It's going to be funny. It's going to be whimsical. It's going to be like, no, there's nothing else like it out there. Um, I just, I, I'm curious because they showed so little, like I'm already, my wheels were already spinning in terms of, what you know? What what do we want? What can we expect from that from that game? Tra- a traditional experience, much like the older ones, or I don't know. Maybe they open it up in some way. I I, I don't know what to expect. I did speak to Aaron Greenberg about it a little bit yesterday, who said because um, I guess he listened to the show and heard us being like it needs that humor, so he confirmed that it does. Um, it has the original Fable humor. That's something that that British humor is something that they thought was important and that this game absolutely still has. Um, but I, I'm of the impression that they are letting Playground do their own thing with it. So it's not like it's going to be a one-to-one recreation of any of the other games, which to be fair, you know, again, my favorite is Fable 1 or Fable The Lost Chapters or Fable Anniversary. Technically that game has come out three times. <laughs> um, which, man, I was going to stream Fable Anniversary last night. Fable Anniversary is not on PC. Uh, well, not on the, the Windows Store. You have to go on Steam. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I want that cross-save. Uh, that's such a bummer because that game wasn't bad old. It came out in the 360 era, but thankfully still functions on my Xbox One X um, with the disc. So, yeah, it seems like they, they are going to let Playground be Playground. We already know they are good at making an open world. This is obviously a very different kind of open world. Uh, this trailer looked really different. It looks a lot more realistic than anything we've seen before. Maybe slightly more Kingdoms of Amalur looking environment is sort of what I expect from that. But otherwise, I feel like we don't know. And... I was thinking about, they were staffing up and the rumors for this started two years ago. And I'm trying to guess when this game's going to come out. Um, And I'm thinking it's probably late next year. And I don't know if I'm way off and it's probably 2022. But when I think about like, if, if, maybe that's not long enough. I just, it's it's really hard for me to guess. That's the thing that I want to know is like, I'm going to play it as well. It's another one of those things. It's Fable. I'm going to play it. Um, I do think this is going to be a different direction. The confirmation I needed was that it would have that British humor. Got that confirmation direct from Aaron. Uh, yeah, otherwise, what's it going to look like? How I mean, I mean, that, I mean, that would that out? would have been terrible. Like if he'd have said to you, "Oh no, we we don't, we don't feel like we need that going forward." Tone. I'm like, really? I'd, yeah, <laughs> devastated. <laughs> no, I definitely Thankfully hit on the fun that. moments. Yeah, yeah. For me, I you know I loved it. Like you said, it was whimsical. It brought you back, and it had the really fun moment with the cute fairy and the frog. But for me as well, it's like, man, we live in such a day and age now where we always constantly share and everybody's constantly talking. And unfortunately, we don't live in that vacuum where if we were all at an E3 or even just watching online due to COVID right now, that would have been such a incredible 
you know, hidden gem at the end of this conference. I think people would have freaked out, but that was kind of became an expectation as opposed to a get wild, get hype moment. It was a, it was a good one. It was a good one more thing. Having said that, I mean, Fable is a big game and many people um, uh, remember it fondly. But I, I don't know if it's like quadruple A in terms of, you know, the top tier of franchises. I don't know if it was really one more thing worthy, certainly to people like me and Alana who have a particular affinity for it. But like across the broad spectrum of gamers, I don't know if Fable is, um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not Halo, Gears of War level, I don't think, in terms of like the place it occupies in, you know, the public imagination. I think it'll be a great chance to get back into the mass appeal now too as well. A new audience, yeah. a new generation. This is going to be cool. I, I kind of wish, you know, we and maybe it's because we went down the rabbit hole of like talking about Crimson Skies and Fusion Frenzy and Steel Battalion and Perfect Dark. Um, I kind of wish that they had almost, you know, given that they seem very interested in taking a trip down memory lane and 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 stimulating your nostalgia with Halo going back to the back to basics. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't like, you know, play a few more, you know, member berries. Remember this? Remember this? You know, like bring back a few of the the old favorites they know are gonna get, you know, are gonna get a cheer. And they're not, you know, from from the virtual crowd, you know, in the in the chat, people going, Oh my god, this is back. Like there wasn't a lot of um, and I'm sure there's more coming. Again, this is just the first wave, but you want the first wave to be good. Um, you know, it kind of sets the table for everything that's gonna follow. This is how you lay down a marker. Um, and I and I do kind of wish that they had um, tickled my nostalgia glands a little bit more with some bringing back like you know some more classic Xbox franchises from back in the day. Fable, brilliant. Halo, of course. But where was where were some of our other old favorites from back in the day? I want to see some more of those come back. Same token, I am glad that they are letting their first party studios work on more new IP, like Rare being allowed to work on Sea of Thieves and now Everwild. Um, I'm glad that that's a thing. Avowed is the same thing. They could have had Obsidian work on really anything. I don't feel like Obsidian's going to make good game no matter what the game is. Uh, but we got a new IP from them too. So I am. I I, I agree with you that they, there's so much nostalgia that uh, Xbox can pull from at this point in time. But I yeah. am glad to see creative new stuff too. Oh no! I, I, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I'm always banging on about like let's do original stuff and not go back to the well. But here I am saying no, let's go back to all of the wells as long as they're <laughs> my favorite wells. Um, there's, there's there's room to do both, right? You know, a, a Xbox I think can be a great mix of um, you know continuing the franchises, the cornerstone franchises, the ones that have that historical, emotional, nostalgic, um, sentimental value. Uh, but also, you know, let's tell new stories as well. There's, you know, Xbox now is a mature enough franchise that it can reach back into history, like with things like Fable, and that was the big crowd pleaser. Um, but also with a bunch of the new stuff they showed. You're getting me wanting to play Rare Replay right now, Gary Wood. I want you to know that because I <laughs> just think of all those awesome titles. Let's talk really quick of things that we maybe didn't like or maybe things that we wanted to see really quick. Just one thing that you you wish was there or that you weren't pleased with seeing. Uh, I would have liked to have seen State of Decay um, and Everwild more explicitly featured gameplay. Uh, like, what do those... like? Not that Everwild didn't, it just looked like a cinematic trailer. I'm sure that actually was gameplay. Um, but I would have liked to have just seen, I guess, Avowed is even the same. Just more gameplay of those titles. I want to know what they're actually going to play like. Um, I mean, yeah, what we're looking at right now, I imagine probably is gameplay of of Everwild. It's just such a unique game that, like, who knows? <laughs> um, I guess As Dusk Falls probably was also the game is literally going to play that way. But that would be my big thing, is I would have liked to, to have seen more gameplay for sure. 
And I guess also probably would have liked something uh, frankly akin to one of Sony's blockbuster titles, like just one major blockbuster cinematic uh, first-person experience is something that I probably would have liked to have seen as well. Yeah, for me, I just come back to the points I made I made earlier. For me, you, you, you asked like, what would you want to see and what didn't you want to see? Um, I, uh, I, I would like to have seen a, a, a couple more of, of, you know, returning favorites from the early days of Xbox come back, whether that be Fuse and Frenzy, uh, um, uh, Perfect Dark, hell, even Cameo. Maybe there's, maybe there's, mm-hmm. re- maybe there's redemption out there for Cameo in the next generation. <laughs> or Banjo, uh, where was my boy? Oh, Banjo. Banjo. Yeah, but a Banjo. Banjo 3, that's what we want. <sighs> um, One day. Or, and, and, what, and, and what, what didn't I want to see? I hate to come back. I didn't want to see Halo Infinite looking like a current gen game. I wanted to. I wanted it to look like a next gen game, and I don't think it did. I love that, you guys. Well, just a quick reminder to everybody listening out there, all of our best friends. Remember that Summer Game Fest demo event is coming July twenty first to Xbox One near you, as announced by Jeff Keighley as part of Summer Games Fest. Xbox is proud to reveal that our Summer Games Fest demo event will be live on Xbox One through July twenty first to July 27th. So I'm reminding you right now, everybody listening, that you can go out and download over 60 plus brand new game demos for upcoming and unreleased Xbox games available to check out right now for free. And I actually have downloaded 22 titles and have played nine of them so far, and I'm absolutely having a blast with it. So I wanted to ask you guys if you've taken advantage of this demo at all and if you've played any games. I have not. Um, but absolutely intend to. I really think this is, is a really good idea. Bring back demos, man. Seriously, that was my one of my favorite things about the 360 generation. Every that, that was that was in like in Microsoft's rules. In order to publish on their platform, you had to provide a demo. You had to, everything in the everything in the store had a demo. And cool. again, m- maybe Game Pass is the evolution of that. It's like, hey, you know, there's no demos, but you can just try the whole game of everything. You know, for this one low price, brilliant. So a cool one for you. You'll be listening on the 25th. You'll have about two days. Like I said, I've played nine already. I've loved Alpha Link, a really cool co-op multiplayer battle game that you can have fun in parties. Night Squad, Rover Wars Battle for Mars, Skatebird, of course. Everybody loves Skatebird, and it's actually a lot of fun. Nine Monkeys. And then I liked Kung Fu Kickball, Flowing Lights, and Gauntlet Force. Eh, eh, on a mayhem brawler but of course let us know down in the comments below what games and demos that you've checked out what did you think of the 60 plus titles that you could download right away with our fun summer games fest demo event over on xbox but with that let's wrap up this show right now with the xcast design lab we're coming up for week number two and we got a really cool one to show you coming from kind of funny best friend adam grimace i apologize if i mispronounced that name but i really loved this custom controller the colors just pop for me and gary and alana i want to ask you guys what do you think of this one i believe alana do you know how to pronounce that anime yeah, right there i don't know unit one. Where's, the, where's the link i'm trying to find it where's the image oh it's at the bottom of the dock that's super cool Really cool, right, Alana? The purple yeah, really I think pops. I have that I exact love... uh, figure, actually, if you know. What oh, okay. <laughs> it looks like um, the uh, like the, the controller that like the Joker would use. Oh, so true. good insights right yeah. there, Gary. Right. 
I love it. So I, I really like the, I like that green D pad, I think flows well with the bumpers up top, but it pops a lot with the purple and the orange. And of course it's matching up with the figurine right next to it, but man, oh man, how cool creative. And I love that color scheme personally. Very good. Very good. And with that, that will be the end of episode two of the kind of funny X cast. Remember next week, Major Nelson is having a kind of funny weekend. He's going to be appearing on a bunch of shows, but he'll be on this show right here with us. Snowbike Mike, Alana, and Gary with us. So make sure to get your questions in. Use that hashtag KFX. And of course, let's get excited for week number three of this pilot program. Continue to share the video. Continue to like and share the podcast. And as well, let's tell everybody where we can find us. So Gary, where can people find you and what awesome things are you doing? Uh, please go check out my, I'm trying, really trying, my big focus right now is I've got my, my little hobby projects is trying to grow my sad little YouTube channel. Uh, Alana over there is, is, is the queen of YouTube. She's got a massive channel, all the kind of subscribers. I'm nowhere near that, but I'm trying to build it. Um, youtube.com slash G Witter, uh, has become the home of, uh, animal talking, uh, animal crossing mornings, which are like the two animal crossing related shows that I do. Uh, and we have a new show that just started called dungeon crossing, where we play dungeons and dragons inside animal crossing. So go check out um, uh, uh, youtube.com uh, slash gwitter, uh, twitch.tv slash garywitter, and of course, garywitter on Twitter. Those, that's, that's where you will find me. I love that, Gary. Alana, where can everybody find you? I'm Charalanazad on everything. Um, and you can also check out my work at Inside Gaming and Funhouse, uh, both Rooster brands, but both also available on YouTube. Love it, you guys. Well, of course, I'm Snowbike Mike. You can find me at Snowbike Mike on Twitter and Twitch, where I'm streaming five nights a week with all of my friends, just doing awesome things, whether it be in the war zone or fun multiplayer games. So come check us out. And thank you all so much for tuning in to episode two of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. Power your dreams, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>